But my goodness, you guys feel, you feel the Lord this morning? Yes. Yeah. Huh. I'm telling you, he's going to ask you to, to respond to that. I don't know what that's going to look like for us. I have this whole message like was practicing it last night. Hey, this is going to be great. We're going to jump into this thing. And then it's like, what does he want this morning? He wants something different. I can already tell that. He wants something different. So I'm going to do the best I can to um, discern what it is that he wants for us this morning. Because there's some healing that's going to take place today. Amen? For the, for the spirit to show up that way and for us not to respond would be a travesty. And I just don't want to miss it this morning. Amen? So we're continuing in this book of Nehemiah. And if you guys have, if you're, if you're with us for the first time in a while, we're going through the book of Nehemiah. We got off of going through the book of Haggai. Um, Nehemiah was asked by the Lord to go rebuild the temp, excuse me, the wall around Jerusalem. Um, and in this process, Nehemiah's heart gets changed in ways that uh, are unbelievable. And we're in, the, we're in the middle of looking at his prayer before he goes to Jerusalem. Now, two weeks ago, we looked at the first part of that prayer and how the Lord, how, how Nehemiah got on his knees and said, Lord, I need you to look at this. I need your gaze. Now, we looked at Psalms, a couple passages and a couple scriptures in Psalms that tell us what the Lord is looking at. He's looking at the righteous, things that are righteous. Well, the translation of that word is that which God approves, divine approval. That's what righteousness means. So the Lord is looking at those things that he has already approved. What Nehemiah was saying was, Lord, I need you to approve of my circumstance. I need you to approve of this before I go to Jerusalem. My question to you guys that day was, how often do you do that? How often do you ask for his divine approval before you step in? It's a big one. Before you even go, are you on your knees about it? Now, last week, excuse me as I fall on this chair. Last week, we looked at this word confession. And I, you know, I had to apologize to the first service, but I'm sorry that I'm not sorry that I could not see my notes because I was bawling and there was snot everywhere. And I can't even uh, believe that some of you guys understood what I was saying, but it was the spirit speaking. He was moving. And the second service was a little bit better. I was able to get through that one. Um, but this word confession, the, the, tran the Greek translation of that word, the Greek word for it was homo lego. Homo meaning the same. Lego meaning to say. Nehemiah was confessing the sins not only of himself, but of the nation, the Jewish nation. He was saying the same thing that God was saying about his sin. He was agreeing with God about sin. That's what real confession is. We looked at that, the fact that you just feel bad about something, that doesn't take you anywhere. We, uh, went to 2 Corinthians and looked at godly sorrow. That there's one side of the, of the spectrum where we agree with God on the nastiness of sin. We beat ourselves up for it all day long. But the power comes when you agree with the redemptive nature of who Christ is when it comes to what he did for sin, for you with sin. Does that make sense? Agree with that side as well. The fact that he hung on the cross and shed his blood and let his body get beat to a pulp but it's not even about that. That's the cross. It's about three days later, he got up and he walked out of the tomb. Amen? Let's agree with that part. That's the crown. He was moving us from the cross 
to the crown. That's what he wants to do when you confess. He wants to move you from your stuff that's debilitating, destructive, to something that gives life. Amen. You guys with me? Hallelujah. So we're here looking at Nehemiah 1, verses 7 and 8. And he takes us a little bit deeper. Now, I gave you that statement that the Lord is wanting to move us from the cross to the crown. That word movement this morning, that's a big one because you can feel the spirit moving in this room. The Lord wants to move you in your heart matters, in what is inside of you, the matters of your heart. He wants movement in that because what's in a man's heart comes out in his actions whether you like it or not. You can spend all day trying to look like something. But the Lord in heaven, Jesus, is only concerned about one thing. He's only concerned about your heart. Let me be very, very real with you this morning on that. You can shake my hand, say, hey, hello, hi, pastor. Good to see you this morning. And make it look like you're doing all right. Because I'm going to ask you, hey, how are you doing? And I want the real answer. I don't want the fake answer, the easy answer. But let me say this. You serve a God that doesn't matter what you, he he doesn't care what you say to me or the next person. If it is in this realm of trying to cover the reality of where you're at, up. He doesn't want that. He wants you to be real. Why? Because he wants to know and see the motive of your heart in everything. So that brings us to this title. And it may sound confusing, but think about it. Heart matters. If we were to put that in parentheses, heart matters are, I'm going to use some more words, are always the heart of the matter. Matters of your heart are always the heart of the matter. Understand that. That when you jump into your circumstance and you make decisions on a daily basis, the Lord is wondering what's behind the decision. Let me say this. He's not even wondering. He knows. He knows. Our objective statement is the same as the title today. The matters of your heart are always the heart of the matter. And when I talk about movement, the reason why your heart Your heart matters are the matter of the heart. It's because he's trying to move you from A to B in the matters of your heart. He's trying to move you from destructive thinking in the matters of your heart to constructive thinking. We talked about that last week. Not pinning yourself up against the wall and getting Bruce Lee on yourself. All right? Beating yourself up. He wants to move you from sin to salvation in what's going on in here. The way you come to a conclusion, is that clothed in your sin or is that clothed in the perception of salvation, looking through the lens of salvation from the cross to the crown? Let me say it like this. He's trying to move you. Please, please grab this. He's trying to move you from death to life. If we don't see things not as right or wrong, not as good or bad, But as death and life, it'll change the way you decide to do things. It'll change your willingness to jump into something that points you straight 
to death. I'm going to be real with y'all this morning. Amen? This is what the word, I'm going to show you in the word why it's about your heart. And here's why. Don't take my word for it, ever. I say that on Sunday morning, almost every morning. And I'm going to continue to say it until the Lord says, hey, move on. I think they get it. What I'm hoping is that you guys bring your word every single Sunday. And don't believe the personality up front. Believe what it says from Genesis to Revelation. The matters of your heart are always the heart of the matter. Why? Because the Lord's trying to move you from death to life. So, understand, let's jump into scripture real quick. I got three scriptures, three cross-references. And do we have those back there? Is the first one 1 Samuel? Hey, got it. You cannot hide your heart from him. Let me say that before I read this. You just can't do it. You can't. You can't do it. I'm going to say it again. You can't hide your heart from the Lord. So I'm just going to very lovingly ask you to stop trying to do that, okay? Because he sees it. Now, in 1 Samuel, this first, this first scripture, the, the first six verses before this one, I don't read them on your own, but for the sake of time, I can't get to them right quick. But God tells Samuel to anoint a new king of Israel. And it's going to come from, it's going to be one of Jesse's sons, tribe of Jesse, all right? So Jesse brings all his sons in, David included, all right? And he's, he's sitting them right there, and they look a certain way. And in the verses 1 through 6, he looks at one of the sons and says, surely it's him. Because the dude is kind of tall. He's kind of filled out, you know. Looks like he's been working out. Probably has great bone structure, all lined up. I don't know how they do that back then. But let me say this. This is the Lord's response. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. Understand that. God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Don't believe me this morning, ladies and gentlemen. It says it right there. And you can't run from it. He's looking at your heart. Next one, Proverbs 21.2. Do I have that one in there? Hallelujah. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the hearts. If I was to ask you this morning to plan your life from now until you die, I guarantee that that, whatever's in there, it would have no persecution, no struggle. Everything would be great. I'd always have enough money, enough food, clothes, the truck that I want, everything on the truck that I want. It would be great. My way is always right in my eyes. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Because he wants to know what sits behind your sternum, the motive behind why you do what you do. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, don't believe me. Don't take my word for it. It says it right there. Number three, only, uh, I got three, three cross-references here. Hebrews 4.12. Now this, I love it. It speaks to the authority of Scripture. In the beginning, the Word was God. The Word is God. And then it says, 
in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word pierces. I'm hoping that the scripture that I bring pierces. You know what? I'm not hoping that. I know that it is. <laughs> I hope that we let that happen because the Lord's not a controlling God. Let it hit you this morning. So in all of this, we're, we're understanding that the matters of the heart are always the heart of the matter because it says it in Scripture. Now, let's actually, after all of that, read Nehemiah 1, 7 and 8. And I'm going to show you how Nehemiah takes us from simply confessing sin. Takes us one level deeper than that. Then he goes another level. And then he lands at the bottom and brings it down to its least common denominator and just says, look, here's what it is. And I say that to you guys this morning to say that it, the Lord wants to take you deeper. He wants to move you from your sin right now the sin that holds us in this place to the throne, to where we can live, to where we don't have to ask that sin for permission to be successful in the now. Amen? Let's read this. Read it knowing two things. Nehemiah is confessing. He's agreeing with God in, in, about sin, period. And again, that the Lord's number one concern is our heart in the matter. So let's read this. It says, we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept your commandments, nor the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Verse 8. Remember the word which you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. Now, what we see in there, if I was to backtrack one verse, Nehemiah basically says in the, in the middle of six, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you, I and my father's house have sinned. There's no detail. He's just saying I've sinned. So we see in verse six that Nehemiah confesses sin, period. But then he goes on in verse seven and he gets detailed. He confesses the actual sin. The very thing that it is that he knows pained God. But then he takes it one step deeper, okay? And here it is, ladies and gentlemen. This, this is what I believe will get you on the other side. In verse 8, remember the word which you commanded your Mo uh, servant Moses, saying, if you're unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. There's, there's a recognition in that verse that his behavior and the behavior of the Jews drove a wedge between him and God there's a recognition of it there's a being real about that this morning I'm trying to communicate to you guys that it's one thing to agree with God about sin and that it's bad okay and also to agree with him that he paid for our sins. 
but why do I find myself in the same place? Sinning over and over again. The same sin. Because I have not gotten myself to a place where I understand that what I am doing pains my Father in heaven. And there is something to letting that come out of your mouth. This man is saying it. He's speaking it. Now, you may be listening to me being like, well, I don't have to, I don't have to speak it, right? I'm talking about the heart of, heart of the matter. Well, let me take you to some more scripture <laughs> and let you know how powerful your words are, okay? I don't think this one is up there because this came to me last night, but it's Proverbs 18, 21, so real close to Proverbs 21 too. Proverbs 18, 21. And I'm just going to read it real quick. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What did I say about the movement? God's looking at your heart. He wants to know the motive. So that he can move you from death to life. What he's saying in his scripture is there's power when you let it come out of your mouth. Why? Because it shows that regardless of you hearing how bad it is, you don't care about how it makes you feel anymore. You've been taken off the throne of your life. And you care more about how that pains your God in heaven. When we get there, it's not, let me say this, it's not some up and down through the woods path. It's, that's not it. It's just a decision. But when we get there, that's when we begin to live. That's when we begin to not revisit this sinful nature over and over and over and over again. You guys with me this morning? Now, God, knowing who he is, knowing um, that he created us in his image, in likeness, in me saying that the heart of the matter, uh, heart matters are always the heart of the matter to him. We saw that in scripture. I believe that he wired us the same way that he's wired. So when I'm sitting across the table looking at somebody, a friend, someone who's really, really close, one day my future wife, hopefully, <laughs> I'm always looking, whether you like it or not, this is in you as well. You're wondering if that person is sincere. You're wondering their, what their heart, the motive of their heart when they tell you stuff. The Lord has wired you the same way. Think about relationships. How many times have you heard somebody say, I'm sorry? But then guess what? Five months later, it happens again. They come back to you like, oh, you know what? Mm, did it again. I'm sorry. Then five hours later, they come back. They've done it again. Then guess what? Five minutes then every five minutes, they're asking for forgiveness, and it's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It begins to push you to a place where you wonder about the sincerity of that person's heart. The Lord has wired you the same way. It's one thing for me to sit across the table from my future significant other and say, I'm sorry, and then go do it again. There's no heart change. My heart in the matter is that I just don't want to feel bad right now. So I'm going to say something to kind of whoop, cover that up. Because I've got to be a godly man. I've got to handle things in a Christian way. 
It's got to, you know, lather it and all of that. But it's another thing for me to sit across from the table and look that woman in the eye and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Here's what I did. And I recognize that my behavior caused pain in your life. And what that does is it drives a wedge between you and I. And I am more concerned about being on the same page with you than I am about my own personal feel-good. See, the Lord put that in you because that's how he is with us and that's how he wants us to be with him. You trucking with me on that? It's one thing to say you're sorry, but it's another thing. If you want to jump into life, living, truly living, to say to the Lord, look, I've sinned. That's what Nehemiah did. But then he took it one more deeper. He said, here's exactly what I did. And I recognize, here's one more deeper. I recognize the fact that that has caused something. And then he names it. He names it unfaithfulness. If you can get to a place where you're willing to verbally speak to the Lord and say, God, I have just been unfaithful. He will move you to a place you have never been before. Everything you have ever wanted is on the other side of some words coming out of your mouth. Think about that. Maybe it's something different. Lord, I've sinned, and I have actively walked and turned away from you. I've rebelled against you. My behavior has showed that I have stepped into complete rebellion. Are you willing to admit that? Because see, if you're not willing, you're not willing to admit the sin, then the Lord cannot work on you. He's not going to yank something from you. Let me say this. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> when he takes you through something, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's not. More often than not, when it's not fun, it's because we're white-knuckled on something, hanging on to it so tightly that when he rips it from us, think about a rose in your hand. Put that sucker right there. You hang on to it like this. Somebody pulls that out of your hand, what are you left with? Thorns everywhere. It's painful. The thing's gone, but it's painful. He's asking you to hold things with an open palm so that he can put things in and out of them as he pleases. Amen? I'm asking you guys this morning that at some point, whether that be today, tonight, you know what, let me just say this. I hope it becomes a way of life that you can verbally speak out this is how I've pained you but let me do this let me back up to last week don't stay there don't beat yourself up because you've, you've let it come out of your mouth <laughs> let it come out of your mouth and then watch him do his work amen I, I hope that this isn't coming across as me beating you down this morning um, that is definitely not it I want to encourage you to let's look at how Nehemiah is praying. And he doesn't stop at just saying, I've sinned. He goes deeper. And I'm asking you this morning to go deeper. To put the Lord to the test with how he works with this. Watch your life. Watch you not revisit sin. A certain sin. 
because you've allowed, you've identified it, you've recognized it, and you've jumped into however much we can do this, jump into the Lord's shoes and understand that we're paining him. We pain him when we sin. Again, the matters of your heart are always the heart of the matter. So here's, here's the next step in this. And this is in conjunction with Proverbs 18.21. You cannot think yourself through this. If you're receiving what's being brought across a pulpit today, you cannot sit and think yourself into a place where you recognize and agree. Proverbs 18.21, death and life come through the... Let me, let me read it so I get it right. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. If you love death, you'll eat its fruit. If you love life, you will eat its fruit. But ladies and gentlemen, thinking yourself through this, it's not going to work. Because I'm pretty sure that we've done that before. And guess what? We're still in the same place. I am so much about moving from A to B. For you walking out of here are different people. Why? Because the word has pierced your soul. The word has pierced and separated soul from spirit, bone from marrow, and is judging the intentions of your heart. But on the back side of it, he's trying to move you to life. Not to beating yourself up even more. But again, <laughs> this stuff has to come out of your mouth. You can't think yourself through it. It's not going to work because it hasn't. So what we're going to do this morning is I told you that the Lord wanted you to respond. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't. But number one, I want to say that this is a safe place. I always say that. If you're not, like, let me say it like this. Where else are you going to go? Where, in your, where you're in a room full of people who believe the same thing. And everybody's moving towards the cross. That's not like your workplace. It's a different dynamic when you're by yourself in the secret place. All right, but this morning, nobody's going to judge you. Nobody. Because we all know that it's the Lord who's judging the heart. <laughs> so here's what, here's what we're going to do. I get the worship team back up here and let's get prepared for our offering. We're going to take our offering. take our offering and then we're going to jump into figuring out listening to the spirit what does he want for us this morning uh, let's come up here and I just want you to take some time in the next 60 seconds as this, this plate gets passed um, why don't you come over here and just let the Lord speak to you in this moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing. 
we thank you, Lord, that you are a God who moves and you're a God who's trying to move us somewhere because you're looking at the heart of the matter. You're looking at our heart. And you show us through Nehemiah, Heavenly Father, that you want us to go deeper. You want us to recognize that the stuff that isn't of you, it pains you. And all you're asking us to do is just to speak it out. That's it. That's, that doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Lord, this morning, we thank you for what you're doing. And as this plate gets passed, Lord, I pray that we can think and meditate on what we've heard and let you speak to us in this moment. So bless this offering, Lord, so that we may bless you with the resources that you give us. And that would translate into seats being added to the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You can pass that. have been moved this morning and have never made a commitment to Christ ever and want to do that for the first time then guess what today is the day today you can do that so what I'm going to ask is as we close for you to just stand to your feet let's stand to our feet as we close today if the Lord has moved you to a place where you want to transfer your trust from you to him and move from death to life. Then all I'm going to ask, with every, with every head bowed, Heavenly Father, if you've moved on somebody's heart today who's never given their life to you, God, I pray that you would just move on them to the point where they would raise their hand and, and we're going to have somebody pray with them. Pray with you to receive salvation to receive life to move from that sinful nature to the nature of Christ if that's you just put your hand in here hallelujah so as we sing this song what I'm going to ask is that if the Lord is putting you something to confess the details of the things that have moved you, drived away, driven a wedge in between you and Christ, moved you away from the throne to let those things come out in this moment. I'm going to open up the altar. If this is a place where you feel like you need to get on your knees and ask the Lord for forgiveness in some areas, hey, today's a day. But I just, whatever the response looks like, let's, let's sing this song. Let's let the spirit, let's let the spirit move. Let it come out of your mouth. Open it up. Let him speak through you. In Jesus' name.